What is going on, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Cheers from the Press Box. I am your host, Brennan Tassif, joined, as always, by my good friend and co-host, Mr. Joe Dorvo. What's, What's up, dude? What's going on, Brennan? I'm feeling good, feeling good. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. I almost said welcome into another episode of X Drinking Buddy, but I caught <laughs> myself right at the last second. If you are new to the program listening, uh, let's break it down for you. First, we're going to get into all the major sports, which means NFL happening during this week a little college football and then we'll get into the quick hits where we'll be quick, quick. touching on some other topics maybe the mlb playoffs maybe the wmba who knows uh we are going to forego the walk off this week and then get into the press conference where we'll pedal our wares but let's start this week the same way we do every week joe ready to return the opening kickoff perfect way to kick off here we go all right we're talking NFL, ladies and gentlemen, and um, I, I'm checking my watch here, and uh, I think it's actually, I think it's, yeah, I think it's that time. It's time for Game of the Week! So the NFL had a big slate uh, coming up this weekend, a few teams on buys, but we had a huge game that no one thought would be a huge game. San Francisco at Cleveland at Brownies Stadium in the dog pound. Uh, San Francisco going in with all these weapons, looking super formidable. One of the last undefeated teams in the NFL going against PJ Walker as the backup quarterback for Cleveland and San Francisco goes down. Go so down. Joe, a couple questions I want to pose to you first. Go for it. Go for it. Does Brock Purdy look human when his weapons go down? And second, is Cleveland going to regret the Deshaun Watson deal? Um, I'll take the second one first. I think 100% Cleveland's going to regret the Deshaun Watson deal. Uh, their defense is so good. Um, Number one in the league. Yeah, their defense is really, except Baltimore, like, destroyed them. <laughs> but, I know, uh, that was a weird. Uh, it's not weird because Baltimore has the talent, but it's just, like, San Francisco definitely has the talent, too. Uh, yeah. But uh, but injuries played a factor for sure. But uh, I think the Browns will regret it because, I don't think, and similarly, like, I think the Giants are going to regret their quarterback situation because Tyrod played, I mean, about as good as uh, Daniel Jones did. So, so you're, wait, you're saying the Daniel Jones contract may be not a great idea? But look, I've been saying this for a long time. <laughs> you need, somebody needed to establish the quarterback middle class. Everybody just can't get $40 million on top of $40 million. It, I, it, the way Baker is playing right now, last year, uh, what was it, two years ago when Baker was there, his final season, he was playing through a shoulder injury. We all thought he was serviceable when healthy, and we're seeing that with the way he's played in different places from between Carolina and Los Angeles and now Tampa Bay. He's not gonna. He's not a world beater. He's not gonna. He's not gonna. You know, take the world by storm. Should he have been the first overall pick? Maybe not. But with the way your defense is predicated right now. 
Um, with the weapons that you have, you could have had more money had you just given him around 20 to 30 versus giving Deshaun 40 and 50. Uh, you could have spread that money around to other places to elevate how he was able to perform. Look at Jared Goff in Detroit. So just economizing that money uh, differently to help bolster the roster instead of putting all your faith in a quarterback. I think teams keep falling into that pitfall. As far as Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy, um, look, he was Mr. Irrelevant. He looked, he looked like, uh, I think, well, he had his first interception this game. Um, he didn't get over 100 yards until, like, the final drive. Uh, a lot of that is, I mean, Debo went out early. McCaffrey went out rather late. Uh, I know Trent Williams went out, came back in. They were playing a real defense, man. A lot of their games earlier this season, they were playing a couple cupcake teams, you know. Uh, the real test was against uh, the Cowboys, and they destroyed them, you know. All hats off to them on that one. But they played the Giants. They played, like, they played a lot of cupcakes out there. I'm just yeah. Well, so it's it's an interesting thing. I want to I want to take from the Cleveland thing for anyone listening who doesn't know Deshaun Watson was cleared to play uh, two weeks ago uh, before the bye week at Baltimore. He was cleared to play sat out. Then there was the bye week. He didn't go to rehab during the bye week. Uh, He didn't go to a physical rehab and then came back, was cleared again to play this week and then did not play. He sat sitting out. Uh, some would say Deshaun Watson maybe being a little uh, too, cons- like, you know what I mean? Like a little too concerned about what's happening. Yeah, conservative. Thank you. And as the Cleveland Browns, you're like, hey, man, we just paid you $240 million fully guaranteed. Like, we need you out on the field. Uh, so I I think definitely this is cause for concern for the Browns. I thought Brock Purdy was human this whole time. Um, but they had not I mean, lost a regular season game. Uh, yeah, and then my favorite, most annoying stat: he never lost a game that he, he didn't started finish. Like whatever. Yeah, he um he looks human. I I was big Brock on Brock Purdy only because I thought he was a perfect game manager for Kyle Shanahan's system. The problem with that is what Joe already talked about: the Kyle Shanahan system doesn't work when you lose your left tackle, when you lose your wide receiver one, when you lose your star running back. Even if Trent Williams is playing hurt, he's going against. The best pass rusher, some would argue, besides Nick Bosa and TJ Watt in the league. And Hassan. And Miles Garrett. Yeah, and Hassan. I forgot. Yeah, so it's like... It's very convenient how all of white media tends to forget Hassan Reddick is a phenom. I mean, Hassan Reddick got forgotten about last year, and he had double-digit sacks. And they never mentioned him once. Never mentioned him. I want to say he's the one that took Brock Purdy's arm off. He was, wasn't he, in that uh, playoff game? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I think Cleveland is going to be Michael good that- after last night's game. I guess I got to save Michael Parsons as well. Oh yeah. He. Um, it's weird though with this this Deshaun Watson situation because the team that they built around not having a quarterback is really good, but they still don't have a quarterback. Yeah. So, I mean, PJ we'll Walker s- looked serviceable in the game. Yeah. Uh, a couple boneheaded mistakes. Um, definitely that last. Uh, that final drive, I don't know why they had him roll out and potentially oh, yeah. throw an interception. We didn't even talk about that final drive. But um but yeah. Well and then 
I wanted to talk San about the final Francisco. drive for San Francisco. Yeah. So that you draft a you draft a kicker in the third round. We saw Tampa Bay do this a few years ago yeah, with the sure. kid out of Florida State. You draft a kicker super early because they broke all these NCAA records and haven't missed a kick in so long. Blah 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 blah. So they take this kid out of Michigan, Moody, 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 Moody. Yeah. Um and what was it? Thirty seven yarder, forty one yarder. No something, one thought he was going to miss it. Wide right, like super easy, and he missed it. And Brennan, I was so, I was at Greg's house watching this game. I was so happy. Like I stood up. I was like, finally, Greg's 40, house. 41 yarder. Uh, yeah, Greg and Kendra's house. I was like, finally, finally, Brock Purdy loses. Finally, I don't have to hear about this it dumb stat. Well, and the other thing too is like if you look at the. the the true analytics, Brock Purdy's not that great. Like he's missing wide receivers. He just has, you know, has Brandon Ayuk and um, Debo Samuel go out and catch those. Like they make the cat. Like you know what I mean. Like he has a lot. They're of helping him a lot. Error, yes. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. His margin um, error is very large. All right. Let's speaking of margin for error. All right, the next game we're going to talk about, Philadelphia at the New York Jets. I'm going to say one thing about this, and then I'm going to let Joe go because Philly is his team. Um, we put in, we posed the question in the rundown, how much better could the Jets be? I think that defense doesn't get enough credit. I think that defense is really good. Um, also, I'll just say this. Joe and I have talked about this before. The Eagles, while we all think that they're a good team and they're a top-tier team, they had looked shaky in some games, so... Everybody loses in the NFL. No one goes undefeated. We all know that. I mean, shit, the Colts beat the Chiefs last year in a weird game. This kind of stuff happens. Um, but, yeah, I think the Jets could be better. And Aaron Rodgers is now talking about being back for the playoffs, which is bananas to me. Mm-hmm. But let's focus on the Eagles on this one. And I'm going to cede the rest of the time to you, Joe. Okay. So right after that San Francisco game where I'm, like, super happy. Also, I was happy because, you know, the Eagles – you know, they're they're walking in to play uh, a team that's wounded, a team that's wounded, and they can uh, they can take this win, get to seven and zero, and be the uh, even without playing as great as everybody expected, not duplicating a lot of the uh, the the consistency that we saw in last year's team offensively. Uh, we could take sole position of the entire NFL. Anything that happens goes through Philadelphia. And then the game plays out. First drive, first drive looks good. Score. Um, and the Jets really can't get anything going whatsoever. Uh, their offense is stalled, stagnant. The defense, the Eagles defense looks amazing. The only thing they're getting is field goals at best. Um, but this game, I think, I, I can't remember. I think it was in the third quarter somewhere. It may have been after the fumble and I put in the discord and at that time that game the game was like 14 to 6 or something and I put in the chat I was like this feels way too reminiscent of the game last year on Monday night against the Washington Commanders where the Eagles were obviously obviously the better team they did everything they wanted but just the randomness of football where in that game it was like uh, A.J. Brown catches a deep pass and then it's fumbled. Or uh, Zach Pascal drops a wide open touchdown and just the entire history changes because these little things keep happening. 
you get a interception. At that point, I think Jalen Hurts has one interception, maybe two. One of them is the most random thing you've ever seen. Dallas Goddard catches like a screen pass. The linebacker punches it out and it falls into the head of Quentin Williams. That doesn't happen 10 times. You could replay that 10 times. Happens that one time. Only time that fucking happens. Uh, Devontae Smith is missing, is dropping wide open touchdowns. Like, he would have caught the ball in about like the 25, 30, and pretty much no one in sight. Um, I can't even remember Hurts' second interception. Uh, I think Blacked I just, it out. I, I, was, I think I just put it out of my head. Um, but the last one, I mean, everybody saw the last one. The fumble by Swift was so random. My thing is this game was so attainable. The, the missed field goal by Jake Elliott, who hasn't missed a field goal in God knows how long, uh, especially inside the 40. Like, it, it, this game was just so random. I want to be mad. I can't I can't even be mad anymore. I can't even be mad anymore. I was so furious when this was happening. Um but there was just a lot of junk, a lot of junk, a lot of shit needed to be cleaned up. We abandoned the run way too early. I felt like we needed to stay with it a little more than we did. Uh, Swift only had 10 carries. Uh, Scott had two carries. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell had two carries. Like Our carries need to be, especially from our running back position, needs to be somewhere in the 20s. I don't want to see Jalen throwing it 45 times in a situation where we were winning the game. We were not yeah, losing the game it. for the, the entirety of that like game. That. We were just forcing it. And our defense, shout out to the defense. The defense stepped up in ways that you can't even measure. Like, the reason, I can't even say the reason uh, the Jets got their field goals, most of their field goals, was because of the defense. Because every time, the, was because of field position. Is because every time the Eagles turned it over on offense, they did not give up anything. The only time they gave one up was at the end when they had to give one up in order to try to get the ball back, in order to try to score. Honestly, I wish we would have just let the interception go through, the pick six happened, and then we would have had just a little more time. Um, but everybody's saying the right things post this game. Uh, everything coming out of the locker room, coming out of the press conferences, are all the right things to say. But I, I don't want to hear it. I want to see it. Like, you got to clean a lot of this shit needs to be cleaned up it, it was don't talk about it be about it it was very it was a disgusting game to watch um we should have had 20 this is very reminiscent of but i will blame jalen in this um same way i did lamar this is very reminiscent of their game what was it last week where yeah like just silly mistakes silly uh drops not silly but un un uncharacteristic drops, uncharacteristic fumbles, like just random little mistakes that accrue and then puts you in a position where you need to then go the length of the field on a very good defense. The Jets' defense, let me not take any credit away from them. They came, they showed up, they performed. They've made, uh, as uh, Robert Sala has showed, has said, they've made Josh Allen look normal. they made made... Uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes looked normal, and they made Jalen Hurts look normal. Two hundred eighty yards—that's great, but three interceptions—that's not. Like, no, yeah, you can't win with throwing three picks. You can't win like that. So, uh, I'm I'm mad because I know what was at stake here. Like, you know, separation in division, separation in conference. 
between you and the 49ers. Like you had gained uh you gained some ground in that and now you've just succeeded that. You're you're right back to square one as far as everybody you're competing against. Uh and now we have the Dolphins coming in. I think I think also what probably happened was it was a bit of a, a little trap game, look ahead game situation. You got the Dolphins coming in next week. You got the Jets here flying from LA to New York. You got the you, you think the Jets are nothing, you know. Sauce Gardner's not playing, so you even sleep on them more. That was what I was um, gonna say. Is they're missing some key pieces on yeah, defense? Yeah, I think they're missing either one or two corners. Uh, Both starting missing, corners. We're missing. We were, we were not going into that game with Darius Slay or Jalen Carter. Um, so I knew there was gonna be some issues, but defensively we were we were so sound. Sean Desai has been great this season so far as defensively especially in the second half making adjustments um so yeah it, it was just man it was it was just a scratch your head type of game you, like, you bounce back you're gonna be all right <laughs> the philadelphia eagles are gonna be all right yeah I, speaking look, of being all right as me and kyle both said they need to go look in the mirror and uh they ask themselves who they are because that was not that was not who that's not who you are As my old high school coach, Jared Zito, used to say, you need to find whatever you need to find and figure this out. Moving on to Indianapolis at Jacksonville. Duval, my hometown team of the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, put it on them. Uh, Gardner Minshew got the start for Indianapolis in this game because Anthony Richardson might be getting season-ending surgery uh, which is a huge deal because he looked so good when he was able to play, but this is not a good start as a rookie uh, to be coming out and already getting, he was injured twice and now he might get season ending surgery. Jacksonville ends up winning this game 37 to 20, never in doubt, put 21 on him in the second quarter. A couple of things. Minshew uh, doesn't play well when he starts, which is, Bizarre because when he comes in in relief, he looks good. And we saw this last year with Philly. The couple times he had to come in for Jalen, he looked pretty good. And then when they had him starting, he looked terrible. Uh, <laughs> and it's a weird thing because <laughs> no, he, he looked good he, in one start last year against uh, yeah, the Cowboys. On Cowboys when he put what forty five on him or something. Was it, Thanksgiving uh, or was it around Christmas time? Okay, it was remember. around Christmas, I think. Okay, so, yeah. Um, and then. Another thing, too, the Jags have gotten away. I mean, we're still throwing all over the yard, but we've gotten away from that more. Uh, Trevor Lawrence only had 30 attempts. Uh, Travis Etienne had 18 carries, though, uh, 55 yards. But the big thing here is the two touchdowns. I think the Jags started the fantasy this week. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Uh, (laughs) I think the big thing here is I've said it from week one to week five or at least week four, I was like, we need to clean up these stupid mistakes, these penalties, these dumb drops, all this kind of stuff. And when Jacksonville cleans that stuff up, they look a lot better, not nearly as many penalties on the offensive side of the ball for us. Um, So I think the Jacksonville offense is kind of finding their groove. I don't think they were just playing a bad team. I think they are finding their groove. But Joe, where are you at? Uh, as the resident Duval hater, where are you with the Whoa, Jags? What just happened there? What? Accusations. Accusations. <laughs> uh, 
I have no issues with Jacksonville. Look, and you guys got Dougie Fresh. That's my guy. Uh, you got Travis Etienne, Aisien, Sapaste. You know, we stand up, you know. Uh, you got Calvin Ridley, the gambling man. The gambling man. I just had a feeling you were gonna try to try to shoot me down on this on this win, and so I was trying to nah, preempt I that. Think, I think it's a little column A, a little column B. I mean, the offense yeah. got a lot of short field position, uh, a lot of short field position based off Baker. Uh, Baker, they're kind of the same person, honestly. Uh, based no, they're on exactly the same person. Uh, three interceptions, um, but no, there, there's definitely there, there. Like you see it coming together. You see the incorporation. Did you see that Evan Ingram catch? Uh, I did. Uh, I have Dude. him on a fantasy team somewhere. Um, you see the incorporation of uh, Calvin Ridley because it looked good in week one and then it kind of went away and kind of sputtered a bit after the first touchdown against the Falcons in London. Um, but now they're working him back in. Christian Kirk, who was kind of the guy last year, got a touchdown. Um, so you're seeing you're seeing glimpses of where it could go. Where it, well, good job on you. Um, you can see glimpses of where it could go. Um, and now it's just putting it all together, playing a complete game for 60 minutes against yep. a legitimate uh, competition. I mean, uh, the offense the offense looked good, but not complete against KC when you play them. The defense That's what I was going to say. Good. Yeah, you have, the, yeah, you have the, the, the three catches in the end zone all out of yeah, bounds, and it's like exactly. one of those wins the game for you. It's like, come on, guys. So it's just, you know, those final touches, those finishing touches, which you have to put together against uh, some of these subpar teams that not necessarily practice, but it just helps you figure out situational things. Um, I've always said, and it's one of the reasons I'm also upset with the Eagles, is like you have to win games in multiple ways. You have to win pretty. You have to win ugly. You have to win. You have to come back in a season. You have to grind out a win. Like all those help you those are all tools in your tool belt for when you go into the playoffs and you're in a situation and you can recall hey we did this before we we handled this like this so let's not panic like you guys we come back from 27 down like a a big lead is not going to just take us out of a game like we have that muscle memory now we understand that so I think this was a good win. I mean, every win's a good win because a win is a win at the end of the day. So yeah. <laughs> it's uh, a good one win, thing, but you guys also looked extremely competent in it. Yeah, and I, I was really happy about the offense because that's been the one thing that we've been nervous about. The defense is kind of hold steadfast. I gave up a couple of cheapies there towards the end, keep a couple of cheap tutties. But uh, the one thing I am concerned about is our pass rush. Hmm. On the premise that we took Josh Allen in the first round four years ago, we took uh, Chase on in the first round three years ago, we took Trayvon number one overall last year, and we're still not getting the kind of pressure that you'd want to get Hmm. out of a team with that many pass rushers on the field. Uh, So that makes me nervous. Josh Allen is my ride or die. Uh, I'll take him over anybody just because, but it also worries me the fact that Josh Allen this year has, I think he's at four sacks for the season so far, that's, um, that's which is, yeah, that's fine. But at the same time, yeah, he's at four. He had three in the Atlanta game. But at the same time, you kind yeah, of want your start, yeah, you <laughs> start pass rusher one game, right? yeah, to kind of make more of an impact. And I saw this uh, funky stat that uh, – Trayvon Walker doesn't have more than double-digit pressures yet on the season. 
the number one overall pick, which is very concerning to me, especially because if you look at what Aiden Hutchinson is doing in Detroit as the overall number two pick from that draft. Lots of questions. Um, I mean, I'm looking at quarterback hits. You guys got to him a fair amount of times. Eight, um, eight pressures. Yeah, so, I mean, all in due time. I think I think also a lot right now, I mean, for the first half of the first quarter of the season, third of the season so far. Yeah. Offensive, I think offensive lines have uh, been doing a lot of trickery, getting a lot of upper hand. They've been getting away with a lot. I mean, we all saw that one game, I think it was a Monday night game or a Sunday night game where uh, – the Chiefs were playing in their their right tackle just kept jumping early every freaking time. Um so I, I think uh I think it will write itself more so as the season progresses as people bodies get, you know, um don't want to say damaged, but but yeah, wear and tear things wear like and that. Wear and tear, yeah. The the more games will add up and you know, it's all about getting fresh at the right time and you know, not suffering any big injuries, long injuries, long-term injuries. So, you know, we'll we'll see. I think I think the pass rush will fix itself. It look the makings of it are all there. Um, especially yeah. like when you see that that Falcons game, it's like okay, this is what high level. This, yeah. this is what it looks like. It's just how can we you know unlock the consistency out of that? Yeah, we need to get back to Saxonville. All right, time for one more round. Go Tony! All right, ladies and gentlemen. So for one more round, Joe is going to start us off. Uh, We will put one minute on the clock to rant, rave, and say whatever we want to say about the particular game. Again, Joe is going to start the New York Giants at the Buffalo Bills. Whenever you're ready, Joe. All right. New York Giants, Buffalo Bills. Didn't watch a lot of this game because I don't really love Sunday <laughs> Night Football. Either. That's why I gave it to you. <laughs> I, was, I don't really love Sunday Night Football, honestly. But um, as, I, as I said earlier, uh, Tyrod Taylor made this offense look competent. Tyrod Taylor, one thing he's not going to do is turn over the ball, um, which is probably the biggest flaw of Daniel Jones uh, as far as interceptions and fumble. You can only coach so much of that out of a player. Um, Tyrod had them in the game until the last second. Their defense, the Giants' defense, somehow looked good for for an entire 60 minutes. Um, Saquon came back, good for them, almost 100 yards out of him. Uh, The Bills, little Jekyll Hyde. They looked great one week. They looked, you know, normal the next week. Then they looked pedestrian another week. But the difference is you have to win those games. And they eventually came out on top and won the game. So good on them. And, uh, yeah, we'll see how the rest of the season plays for them. All right. My one more round is going to be the Detroit Lions in first place of the NFC North at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in first place of the NFC South. This game looked like it was going to be a great game to start off. Uh, I remember uh, Baker threw that pick, untimely pick in the first drive. And then um, the Tampa Bay defense held strong, stuffed them, had to settle for a field goal. Oh, and then fast forward, uh, Detroit scores and then Detroit scores again. And then all of a sudden it's 20 to six 
to end the game. Uh, the offense for the uh, Buccaneers has got to get moving a little bit better. Uh, Baker Mayfield had 37 attempts, but only 19 completions. You can't win games doing stuff like that. Love the Jared Goff resurgence. I've talked about this before. Love it when an underdog comes back in a big, bad way. Uh, and no one can say it's Dan Campbell's system. I mean, you could, but Dan Campbell's not one of these offensive geniuses. So I think it's Jared Goff just being a good game manager. Detroit's for real? Yeah, I'm going to say it. Detroit's for real. One more round. Uh, it'll be Ben Johnson's system. Ben Johnson, the very highly coveted uh, offensive coordinator. Offensive coordinator. No, I know, but Dan Campbell's the head coach. I know, I know. Well, sometimes the job of the head coach is to find the right people to put people in the right position. Just as Dougie Fresh taking over that play calling, baby. Sometimes all you got to do is be a CEO. You don't have to be the genius. Imagine if Dan Campbell was the CEO at your job. My Lord. You, you came uh, in as just this psycho fucking gigantic white guy. You got to bite at their kneecaps, Joe. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, don't know, I might like it. I don't know. Oh, I'd love it, but I'm also the same guy on the team where everyone would make fun of me because I'd get all fired up for the speeches. All right, next game we have is New Orleans at Houston. Uh, New Orleans, another bit of a Jekyll Hyde team, but obviously not as good as the Buffalo Bills. Uh, They lose, I called this, uh, to the Houston Texans. Uh, C.J. Stroud might be the guy. Um, He finally threw his first interception. Uh, but that did not stop him from throwing two touchdowns in this one, uh, getting a victory. I think I think they're the squad uh, who might shock us all. They beat you guys already. They're 3-3. Three and three. D'Amico Ryan seems to know what he's doing. Uh, black coaches and former players seem to be good when it comes to this motivating thing uh, and scheming and game planning. Um Gotta say, New Orleans, I know you got Derek Carr and he's quote unquote technically your new shiny toy. 50, 50 attempts from Derek Carr. It's not, it's not really what we want to see. I don't know how shiny that toy is, but he's definitely a new toy. But one more round. All right, moving on. Speaking of not so shiny, Carolina at Miami Dolphins. Uh, Joe, I don't know if you caught this game, but if you saw the first quarter, you were like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Carolina goes up 14 nothing on the Miami Dolphins, and everyone, everyone is thinking, texting, tweeting, what is going on with the Miami Dolphins? And then Tyreek Hill was like, hey, let me dust off the kicks. We're going to go scorcher style. They score 21 points in the second quarter. Tua Tungavaloa only had 10 incompletions, no picks, three touchdowns. Bryce Young looked very good in this game compared to how he's looked towards the beginning of the season. Again, I'm going to agree with Joe and say that I think C.J. Stroud is going to be him from this draft, not Bryce Young, which is a sad thing, but Bryce is just, we talk about it all the time, and it's cliche, and I'm not trying to make a stupid joke. He's just too small. He is so small out there next to his lineman. He can't see some of the passing lanes and stuff. Um, I feel bad for him in certain areas. Uh, but yeah, Miami. Who'd have who'd thunk it? They trounced Carolina. Man, it was so good. You are 100% right. I was at, like I said, I was at Greg's house and I, I, I looked over and I was like, whoa, did they just score again? I was like, uh, I just started texting like all my group chats, like, is. 
is the Dolphins okay? Like, what what is yeah. happening here? So. Yeah, it was it was an interesting first quarter, but again, the, you know, we say it every week. That's why we play the game. You know, yeah. you got to play all four quarters. Got to play all sixty minutes. All sixty minutes. Speaking of sixty minutes, CBS we are moving on. Sixty minutes. What? Well, CBS sixty minutes. CBS night reportedly news sixty minutes. We are moving on to the NCAA football. Uh, Joe, this is your thing. You, this is your baby. You love it. Any upsets this week we need to know about? Uh, love, love is a strong word, Brennan. Um, oh yeah, Eric, well, I forgot you swore it off after the Miami debacle last week. Uh, and I officially swore it off after the debacle this week from Miami. But um, there was okay. We start on Friday with uh the big the big uh, head scratcher. Uh, Dion Colorado unranked now, but you know, still a bit of a draw. Uh, Travis Hunter went to bed. Back. Uh, went yeah, to bed before same, that. Same, same. Went to bed around midnight at halftime. Up twenty nine points. Twenty nine points. I woke up because obviously I said I went to bed around midnight. That's way too early for me. So my body said, "Get your ass up." So around three, four o'clock, I got up and I looked in my uh, football chat and shit was popping in there, and I'm like, "Wow." Why was it so? Why, why was everybody texting around like one o'clock? Why was it two? so lively? Yeah, like everybody has like you guys have children. We have like wives and stuff. Like what's happening here? And yeah, everybody's tweeting out like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe this! What is happening? Oh, this is the greatest comeback I've ever seen." Uh, then I saw the stat line from the, the the receiver from Stanford, like thirteen catches for two hundred and thirty eight yards or something like that. And I was like, "Holy shit!" And uh, yeah, Stanford came back. One one win. Stanford at that time came back to beat Colorado after being down twenty nine to zero. So that was a little Pac twelve at night. Um, <clears throat> little Pac twelve at night, baby. Little Pac twelve at night. Uh, the team that I've had a upset warning on all season long. Uh, USC got trounced by Notre Dame. Um, their Caleb offense, uh, Williams finally looks human. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He could not. Um, he could not overcome how bad his defense was, and he tried to, and uh, he put them in bad positions as well. Um, I wanted to ask you real quick while we're on this: Do you, when you see a quarterback do something like that, I, uh, to me it's encouraging because I'm like, oh, he's trying. He cares. Like he's trying to win this game because his defense was playing so poorly yeah. given the decision-making wasn't awesome, but I don't think it's like a huge negative. The fact that he threw three picks, especially as the no, former Heisman winner it's, and stuff. It's one game. It's one game. Yeah. I'm not going to kill a kid on one game. Now, if this is your MO every game, if it like, becomes a trend, yeah. yeah, that's a different, but story. one game is like, that's not good. It, it does not now mean, Oh, he's a terrible decision maker. He'll never be good anytime in his career ever. Like it's fine. Okay. Um. Uh, what are the other upsets? Pittsburgh beat Louisville. Pittsburgh beat Louisville. Louisville. Louisville after just beating Notre Dame and moving up in the rankings, lose that game. Wild. Wait, wild. Louisville beat Notre Dame last week? Uh, yeah, they beat Notre Dame last week. Did they beat Notre Dame last week? I think it was Notre Dame, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I was Notre Dame that. lost to Louisville, thirty-three to twenty. Okay. I was like, you made me made me question myself. I'm sorry, um, I didn't mean to. Not an upset, but a big game. Uh, Washington versus Oregon. This was probably the the game I watched the most of in the uh, first part of the day. It was a three thirty start. Um, Washington held on. They started hot, 
continued to play hot. Oregon came back. It was a bit of back and forth contest there. A couple of not the greatest decisions by Oregon's coach. Um, and uh, Michael Penix Jr. Uh, went on to win that with that big Penix energy. Big Penix energy, baby. A couple other uh, upsets I see here. Missouri beat Kentucky. Arizona housed Washington State. Was Kentucky ranked? Kentucky, Kentucky was, was ranked 24th. Okay. Um, uh, Missouri I beat them. I didn't know if they were still ranked. Oklahoma State beat Kansas. Yeah, that was the other one I was going to say. Uh, and Arizona, who destroyed. Gave, who gave USC a run for their money last week with a, a game that went till 2 a.m. in a couple of OTs. Uh, put it on, Washington State. <laughs> so... Yeah, By Washington's. freshman quarterback Noah, I want to say this right. Tutui, something like that, right? Fatia. Noah Fatia. 5'11", 194 pounds, putting it on Oregon State, baby. I don't know if he started the USC game, but I know he I know he played in it because he ended the game. I, I, I can't remember if like somebody got hurt because I didn't start watching the game until like late fourth quarter. Um, Who are these small guys? Yeah, yeah, he's a tiny kid. He's tiny. Um, yeah, this is yeah. weird. They only... Okay. <laughs> Arizona's and, two has two quarterbacks under six feet and then two quarterbacks over six four. Damn. Damn. Uh and it's not an upset because they were ranked higher than us, but I I feel like I need to say Miami lost to North Carolina in the stupidest fashion imaginable, uh, probably. Everyone come on and stand up. You know, even take your shirt off, spinning around your head just like a helicopter. Brennan, uh, as you know, as you've been told on your podcast, nobody in North Carolina likes that song. So I know. I know. <laughs> I've been told PD Pablo is not the representation of North Carolina. Kickles come out of there. Rapsies come out of there. Like, <clears throat> long it's funny. I just texted Quan too about that because the J. Cole song came on in my workout playlist. And I was like, damn, this is actually really good. I don't listen to a lot of J. Cole. So I screenshotted it and I texted Quan and I was like, all right, it, maybe it's not PD Pablo. Yeah, it hasn't been Petey Pablo for like <coughs> decades now. Almost two oh, decades man. at this point. I can't believe Petey Pablo showed up to a, a festival in his Hummer playing, playing his own Playing his song. own music. That was very funny. That's was nice. it a festival? Uh, I thought it was just like McDonald's or something. It was well, It was like a gathering. It was like a, a, a farmer's market or something going on. Oh, okay. I thought he was just saying that he was just like with friends out it's somewhere like in Petey Pablo rolled through. Come on, um, Ray. All right. Time for guys favorite win? game. No, didn't you guys have a huge win? I, th- I think I saw like 50-something points from you guys or something. Yeah, you know, FAU, we're on it. We uh, won. We beat the University of South Florida 48 to... You guys in the Sun Belt? 48 to... No, uh, we're in American. Oh, okay. Because this is America. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, we beat yeah, the beat South Florida. University yeah. of South Florida 48 to... What was it? 56 to 14. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, you know, not everyone, you know, when we say, when, we, when it's funny because when I tell people I'm from South Florida, they go, oh, the Bulls? And I go, no, they're in Tampa. They're not even in South Florida. They're not even in South Florida. It's the most annoying thing ever. They're they in West be Florida. West Florida. Uh, uh, it pisses me off all the time. Yeah, but we, <laughs> uh, how do you say, put it on them, 56 yeah. to 14. Really excited about, um, I'll just say this quick since we brought it up. Really excited about Daniel Richardson. Uh, when our starting quarterback went out due to an injury, Casey Thompson, the kid from uh, Texas, I was really nervous. But uh, Daniel Richardson's uh, putting it together. Again, smaller guy, 5'10", 205, but 
definitely runs around, makes stuff happen. All right, Whatever's... Brandon, enough of your FAU owls. They lost. What three did games Miami lost again? Yeah, we lost. All right. Um, <laughs> Put FAU against Miami, dog. Let's see what happens. FIU all over again, Playboy. Miami walks through you guys. Um, you said that about FIU. <laughs> that was a long time ago. It was two uh, years ago. <laughs> two years ago? We were doing this show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, can't remember homie's name. Manny Diaz didn't have a team that would walk through people. He had a very skinny, slight, you know, wiry team. Crystal Ball, for as terrible as his coaching may be, he got them boys back. Yeah, he's got them dogs out he there. He got them boys back. He got them 18-year-olds that look like they 45. Out yep. There. November 23rd, now, 2019. fucking coach properly. That's before we were doing the show. Yeah. I guess it was before yeah. we were doing the show. But um, when do we start doing the show? 2020? 2020, obviously. All uh, right, let's get to everyone's favorite game. We wasted, I've wasted too much time as the host. Time for who's on, who's out, who's up, who's down. Joe, let's start with who's in, who's out. Oh, I thought you'd never ask. Uh, who's in and who's out? Let's start with who's out. Miami, University of Miami. Get your ass the fuck out of here. Go learn how to coach. Go learn how to not get an unsportsmanlike conduct on a defensive coordinator. What the fuck are you doing? Get off the field. Uh, uh, Kentucky's out, Kansas is out, Washington State's out. Who's in? Iowa's in. God damn it. That's like watching paint dry, watching them play. I turned on the Iowa versus Wisconsin game, and it was 7-6 to six deep into the fourth quarter. I was like, no, I refuse. God. I refuse going back to see Penix versus Bo Nix. Uh, Tulane. Tulane is ranked uh, 23rd. You know what they do, Brennan? What do they do? Tulane, they lead in Green Wave. All right. Uh, the Air Force is ranked 22nd now, and Mizzou is ranked 20th now. Now for who's up, who's down, who's up uh, UCLA is down all the way, seven spots down to 25. Louisville's down all the way to 21. USC's down all the way to 18. That's eight spots dropping for them. Um, and then we had a couple short moves, uh, Penn State, Oklahoma State, not Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, and Oregon all moved down one spot. Uh, who's up? Uh, LSU moved up three spots to fight their two losses. Okay. Um, to I don't 19. understand that. I don't get it, man. Look, the SEC is overinflated. Uh, preseason rankings are stupid. Like, man. Yeah. They're just trying to justify things. Uh, Tennessee moves up two spots. Number 17, Duke moves up one. Notre Dame moves up six to number 15. Utah, whose starting quarterback has never played a down this season. Has he Has he played yet? No, has not he, yet. Jesus Christ. <laughs> is he taking a red shirt yet? Like, what the fuck is happening now? Uh, by the way, Notre Dame, they're 15th, and they have two losses. The only – well, no, we have two two-loss teams within the top 20. Just want to point that out. Um, Do we really? Oregon State moved up three spots to number 12. North Carolina moved up two spots to number 10. Uh, and Texas moved up a spot while not doing anything to eight. Washington moved up two spots after their game against Oregon to number five. So your top six right now is Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Florida State, Washington, and Oklahoma. 
we got a 7-3 matchup next week. I know that's the biggest one because that's the biggest one advertised. I think it's a noon kickoff between Penn State, Ohio State, which is effectively going to be a de facto playoff game similar to Oregon-Washington. So that is one to watch. Uh, anything else I, I'm unaware of if it's interesting or not. Ready to rock and roll. Let's do it. All right. Moving on. And you'll be surprised how quick and quick name hits quick hit. Alrighty. Time for the quick hits. Quick. quick. We're gonna go quick. Joe's gonna put two minutes on the timer. First thing we're gonna talk about is my New York Liberty coming back against the Las Vegas Aces. Oh. How for soon? the WNBA playoffs. How soon you when shed the Dallas Wings there. No, no, no. I love the Dallas Wings, but the Dallas Wings aren't in the final. The New York Liberty are. And since I live in New York, that's gonna be the team I root for. Joe, take it away. All right, we are uh, in the thick of this series now. I think the last time we recorded, we were uh, game two was on the horizon. The the Liberty lost that one. Um, the Aces won that game in uh, pretty convincing fashion. It was one hundred four to seventy six. Uh, the trio in the backcourt really helped, and Asia Wilson brought her A game that day, and uh, they stomped on the throats. Uh, game three. You know, the series changed sites. Uh, now it's in New York. Uh, looked a little different. Uh, the Liberty uh, played a good game. They held it down the, most of the way through. There was a little bit of shakiness in there. But uh, they beat the Aces 87 to 73. Uh, Chelsea Gray suffered an injury, which is very unfortunate for the Aces. Now they're potentially going to be without Chelsea Gray. They're already without Candace Parker. So we'll see how that affects them going into game four, uh, taking place Wednesday in New York again. Again, why are we playing these games so sp- spread out? Why can this game be tonight? Who knows? Um, but yeah, that is where we are for that. Uh, in the MLB postseason, uh, the Astros and the Texans are facing off in the ALCS. Uh, the Texans uh, are currently up two to zero on the Astros. Uh, Philly beat the Atlanta Braves, uh, and the Diamondbacks beat the uh, Dodgers in the NLDS. So they face off in the CS. Last night, the Phillies took game one of the CS behind uh, a trio of home runs from Bryce Harper, Kyle Schwaba, and Nick Castellanos, who will be hitting home runs deep into the rapture. Um, so, yeah, that is your two playoff recap. Well, one final recap and uh, your LCS recap. You got the Phillies? I got the Phillies. No, I don't have the Phillies. Doing reverse reverse psychology. I got Who? I got the Diamondbacks and the Astros. I got the Phillies. Kyle, I got the Phillies. No, Brad, Brad. No, I'm kidding. I hate the Phillies. Get that PP off your head. Diamondbacks and Astros. Here we go. So wait, what, what, what's your issue with the Phillies? Uh, did you not hear my story about going to Philadelphia this uh, two uh, weekends? Yeah, ago? but you had an issue before just this weekend, though. I know, I know. I don't know. I think it was because in the Eminem song, he says, "Pee on your head like you play for the Phillies," and I was oh just like, gosh, "Yeah, that you are so juvenile." Music is influential, man. We'll bring you the press conference in its entirety. <laughs> <laughs> It's not even for those a of you listening. Them, though. It's just a bar. It's a fun dynamic because Joe controls the board. Even so, even when I'm hosting, <laughs> Joe will decide when it's time to move on. 
Joe, where can everybody find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Doville. You can find this show's Twitter and Instagram at Curing Press. Don't forget to go to newload.co to check out all the other shows on the network. Uh, that's a new low. That's who does a podcast. Uh, we just did Sweeney Todd to continue our spooky season. Um, and yeah, don't forget to go over and check out my music on the moniker Headphone Joe. No O, no E in the phone. Just put out a new album last week. Spoke to Brandon about it on his podcast called Outside. Nine tracks. It's not what you're going to expect. But uh, it was fun At to all. Do. It was fun to do. Uh, the reception has been... Uh, fun to to hear the feedback. Are people well. surprised when they uh, hear it? Of course they are. Yeah. <laughs> it's shocking. Um, but yeah, I stand behind all of it. The music, the lyrics, everything. Uh, the vocals. Yeah. <laughs> Lots to be desired in the vocals. <laughs> well, but, you know, you put yourself out there. But, I was like, but that, that was the thing. That's the whole point of the outside. I put myself outside. I put myself outside my comfort zone. Put myself on front street to be tarred and feathered, um, but I hope people enjoy it and uh, appreciate, you know, the uh, the push in artistry. That's kind of what I was going for there. So. Absolutely. Well, you can listen to Joe talk more about it on X Drinking Buddy, which is my other podcast. Comes out every single week. Uh, BrennanTComedy.com at BrennanTComedy on all social media. Check out the one man show, also titled X Drinking Buddy, a comics look at life near death recovery and redemption and yeah i think that's it i don't really have anything else to say joe you got anything uh get me out of here because i gotta go to the barbershop soon because i gotta go to la tomorrow la tomorrow baby and that's why we play the game hello hello i didn't have a shout out for this week damn it uh huge shout out shaquille o'neal alan diesel yeah, they're now in charge of Reebok and their first signee, Angel Reese. 